Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online strangers. We place ads online. Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving. Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea. And anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly. Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts, Kathy Kay and Tommy. Hey, welcome to Strictly Anonymous Podcast with Kathy. If you want to follow the Strictly Anonymous Podcast on Twitter, follow the show at Strict Anonymous or follow me at Cartoon Therapy. If you want to be in the show, I'm always looking for callers. Uh, send me an email at strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you don't have to have a problem about sex. I think a lot of people think that my show is just about that, but it's just because I go on Craigslist and that's where I find my guests and I also post on Craigslist. Uh, so I get a lot of people with like, problems or stuff to talk about like that are sexual in nature (laughs) but I don't necessarily only want to talk to people like that I like regular problems or normal problems you know anything that people can relate to to me is always interesting and that's what I have on today like I think that this is like a very interesting topic because I'm somebody who quit drinking and I titled the show is Alicia an alcoholic because it's kind of like left up in the air with this one, I'm. Mean, this is a very young girl. I think maybe you're gonna feel differently. I think some people will think, yes, she definitely is, or some people might think maybe she's not. I don't really know. It's hard to tell. I could have talked to her for like another five hours, but this is a young girl who doesn't know if she has a problem, but thinks maybe she does, and she wants to kind of nip it in a bud. And she actually posted an ad on Craigslist because she doesn't really have time for AA, <laughs> but she was looking for someone to talk to about quitting drinking. And I was like, oh, I could really help this girl because this is something I personally have a lot of experience with because I quit drinking like 14 years ago, I think, and uh, I did it mostly without AA. So uh, I thought I could be of help to her. Um, but like I said, it's like, you know, Should she quit totally? Should she not quit? Is she an alcoholic? Is she not? You know, those kind of questions come up in the podcast. So take a listen and you decide for yourself. I'll be right back on with Alicia. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone? To anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Hey, Alicia, you're on the Strictly Anonymous podcast with Kathy. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. So... I responded to an ad that you put out on Craigslist that was very interesting to me because it's very similar. Like, I, you know, it, it's something that I've been through and it's um, like it is a drinking issue that you have. You're young, though, way younger than me. I was like 34 when I quit. You're 22, right? And mm-hmm. this is what I got out of your ad. You're 22 and you think you might have a problem with drinking and you don't want to do the whole AA thing. And and you almost don't even want to maybe quit 
altogether, right? You just, you don't really know if you have a problem, but you think maybe you do. And you were looking for somebody to sort of talk to about it. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so what, why do you think that you have a problem with alcohol? Like, cause you know, the whole thing with like cutting back a little bit, like, you know, I would never like, that is okay for some people. When you said, though, you did say this one sentence in your email that was like, oh, I don't know whether, you know, I just want someone to help me maybe just stop drinking at work or when I'm bored. Like, I mean, what do you do for a living that you would drink at work? Or is that like, are you like a bartender or are you like working in an office and like hiding alcohol underneath the, you know, in a drawer? You know, (laughs) there's a difference. There's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I don't know. Like sometimes on lunch going and getting a drink, you know, like sometimes that just becomes a regular thing. So that's when you start to think like, do I depend on this or is it something, you know, like, it's just like a question that you have. So like, obviously, like you said, I'm like young, so Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to stop drinking, but I just know I've noticed like a pattern, like if I, that I've gotten into lately since I have turned like 21 that I start to like, yeah, like want to drink just like when I get bored and stuff. So I don't want to kind of just get into getting used to just drinking for no reason, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I get it. But like, what what makes you like, okay, you get on lunch break, right? And you go out and do you like not have any friends at work to go like get something to eat with? Is that why maybe you're like, oh, I'll just go get a drink? Like what makes you think to get a drink during your lunch break at work? Yeah, I guess it's because, like, I mainly work, like, by myself, like, so I am, like, in the office most of the time by myself, like, all day, so, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm able, it's pretty easy work, I guess you can say, if it was a job that kept me, like, on my toes, obviously, I wouldn't be doing that, but it's just an easy job for now while I'm going to school, so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just something that I just do, like, and I what do you knock down at lunch? Like, are you having like a scotch on the rocks or are you having like a glass of wine? Like, what, <laughs> what are you having? Like, yeah, like a shot. So, like, I feel like it's like something that comes along with just like my mom's like an alcoholic too. Like, but mm-hmm. she's a functional alcoholic. Like, she'll wake up, she'll drink like two shots and just go along with her day. And that's just a part of her daily life. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess it's just something that I'm, I don't want to say like I'm doing it because of my mom, but I've noticed like it's something that, I don't think there's something wrong with it, obviously, because I've seen it happen. You know, I see her doing it and it's fine with her. So, yeah, but in a weird way, you do have some part of you that thinks there might be something wrong with it because you put that ad on Craigslist. Right. So even though you did see that behavior with your mother, there is some sort of part of you that's like, hey, maybe something's going on here because I probably shouldn't be doing this. Right. I mean, because why else would you be questioning it? Mm-hmm. And like when I try and talk to people or like want to see if someone can help with like, I don't know, I just want to get into a point where I just don't feel like I need to drink daily. Like now it's coming to a part where I just like think about it almost every day where I used mm-hmm. to like think about it because it wasn't an option. So when did you OK, let me ask you this. When did you start drinking? And like and like, were you one of those that started very young whenever you get your hands on alcohol, just like to be rebellious, like a lot of kids and just like had fun with it and then put it away and started again when you were 21? I mean, what's your drinking history? Uh, Yeah, I started, I guess, pretty young. Like um, I had an older sister that I used to hang out with a lot. So I mm-hmm. mean, we used, to, we used to kind of just drink together. And I guess the youngest that I started actually drinking was probably like high school. Yeah, like 16 and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah I stopped actually when I turned I guess you could say like 18 19 I didn't really drink on the regular 
Uh, and then when I started turned like 21, like a few months after that, I started getting back into drinking like regularly. So now when you drink, let me ask you this. Are, do you drink to the point of blacking out? Or are you able to have like one drink and say, OK, like that's enough and I'll go home? Like what, how, how do you deal with that kind of situation? Uh, yeah, like usually I would drink like enough to like just feel it, you know, like a buzz uh-huh. or whatever, like take two shots and then uh, be fine with it. But now lately I've been noticing like after that, like obviously my tolerance is getting a little bit higher. So uh-huh. I'm wanting to drink more, which is obviously a bad, you know, bad. So that's why I'm like, OK, I need to stop. Yeah, because that's the whole thing about like the whole alcoholic thing. And when they say it's like progressive, like things could get worse and worse because it could start out like I mean there's like little red flags that are coming out with coming up with you right and you see them which is like that's like the best news like seriously that you're so at such a young age self-aware enough right Uh, especially with this history that you have with your mom you know sort of like in your face being a functioning alcoholic to be self-aware enough to know that maybe, you know, this is the time to nip it in the bud before it becomes a problem, I think is like a, a really good part of you to have. Do you know what I mean? I think people are made up of concoctions, right? And so like, and I can even tell by the way you were like emailing me and on top of your game as like to schedule the call and stuff like you are like a, um, uh, what is like a very responsible together kind of person. Now, I'm the same wire the same way right and so sometimes and because like when I did go to the extreme sometimes when that kind of personality type can totally take it to the extreme you know but I do believe that that kind of part of your personality is the part that could help you actually get a handle on it now I for one for me could not ever be sort of a moderate person like when I say like you know what they say with addicts and stuff is like they're very extreme and like I am that way with everything so it's much easier for me to do something totally all or nothing at all you know to have only one or two drinks was never sort of in me because for me when I would drink like something in my brain would be a little bit different like you know what I'm saying like and I just wouldn't think properly like I would never be smart enough or be the person that I am without alcohol to be like oh that's enough drinking and I should just go home I was always at the point of a blackout always had to take it to the end and I always thought I was more fun than everybody else honestly because I was like what's wrong with people that could have like two drinks and go home I thought they were total dullards do you know what I mean yeah and I was like what's their problem like because when I had one or two it was like I started to feel that high and I just wanted more of it and I would just take it and like you know I don't really remember like when I was like I hated drinking actually and I think the reason why I started to drink so much is because I would drink a drink in like three sips because it was just so gross to me, you know, but I wanted to get drunk. So I would just drink up. (laughs) It was never something like, oh, I'm just like really enjoying it. I mean, later on, I did enjoy like a martini or there were certain things that I like the taste, but I would drink really fast because I like to be drunk. I like that feeling, you know, and like when you say you're having to drink it's not like for the taste either right like you're drinking as much as you can to get to a place where you feel kind of loopy right yeah and that's what like I talked to someone about it too and they said like you go back to that because it actually works like it's it's a thing that actually is effective and I was like that's true I was like it is 
effective. Like it does work every time. Like you go back to it because you expect to be drunk or feel that feeling. Yeah. yeah, But what is it being effective for? Like, okay. Like, what do you think that being like, like at this point in your life, do you know what you get out of being drunk? Do you feel like there's something that you're trying to avoid? Is it just something that you like to do because it's fun? Is it something like, I think you said it's because you're quote unquote bored. I mean, why do you think that you even want to get to that place when you're at work and all the time and you're always thinking about it? Uh, well, I don't know. I think also because I've been so like um, a point too that you said like you used to get like so drunk you'd go blackout and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I think that I don't do that because I have like a boyfriend at home, so he doesn't know that I drink. Obviously, throughout the day, I kind of do it to just kind of make the day go by faster. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I'm not gonna come home like blacked out. Yeah, you drunk. can't. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> But without well, him, you well, might. Without yeah. him, you you could. Like, that's sort of something that's keeping you from that, right? Because, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, the fact I mean, that he doesn't know is a little odd, right? If you think about it. Yeah. Like, why is it a secret that you're doing? Like, if it was totally fine, like, exactly. you know, people would know, why right? Am I hi- yeah. Like, why am I hiding it? That's what makes me feel, like, bad about it, you know? Because, like, obviously, if I, I wouldn't be hiding it if it's not something I don't think is wrong. And then, so I feel like maybe... um I've been in this relationship for a while too Mm -hmm. and I didn't really have like a party like time you know like to go out and like be with my friends and get blacked out drunk and stuff like that so now that I'm getting kind of older I feel like I want to do that Mm -hmm. but I don't (laughs) feel like I should have to do it behind like at work or behind his back you know I want to be able to do it with him and like with certain things but I feel like he kind of judges me sometimes when I do drink a little too much because of my mom or because like he's seen, you know, my family, they do have issues with alcohol. So he doesn't want me to be that way, which is great. And Mm -hmm. I love for that. But obviously, it's just like, I feel like that's also something that's making me uh, like want to do it more, I guess, in a sense. Right, because you kind of (laughs) can't. Yeah, you're kind of trapped. But you do your relationship with him is good. How long you been dating him for? Um, a little, like almost like six years now. Oh, wow. That is a very long time. Yeah. So he sees your mom or your pet. Do you have a father or your parents divorced or is it is your mom? Uh, yeah, my parents were divorced. My dad is like the opposite of my mom. Uh, my dad's more of a strict kind of has a stuff together. And then my mom is, she's a, she's awesome. She's like the best, but she is a, an, she drinks and she knows it, but it's fine. I mean, there's nothing uh, you know, I guess whatever floats your boat, you know, I won't judge her for that at all. So <laughs> no, but the thing is that you saw that like when you say that it's just like every morning she's a drink and then that's it. Like was she like and you say she's functioning like how does the drinking play out in, you know, in your house like growing up yeah. that you that you remember when I was a kid? Um, I mean, she would hide it. She wouldn't do it like right in front of me. But as I got older, I would I, you know, realize like you know, my mom is drunk, you know, you kind of just can notice like certain things and like her slurring or whatever, like just the instances that you come across when you get older, you notice like, obviously, she's not sober. So um, and then as I got older, you know, and started drinking, like, I mean, my mom would buy me alcohol, you know, so she did condone it to a point to where I felt like, or where I feel like it's, it's normal, or something that how old were you when she would buy alcohol for you? Uh, I mean, the earliest, uh, like around 16 or so. I mean, she uh-huh. would give me like a Mike's, 
you know, like nothing like a bottle or anything like that, but like a Mike's Hard Lemonade or something like that. Uh-huh. You know? Um, But yeah, like around that age. And she knows, like, does she talk, like, when you said, oh, she drinks and she knows she's, like, does she know she's alcoholic or think that she has a problem or she thinks that it's okay? Good news. Strictly Anonymous Podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty, secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool, too. Send me an email, strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. That's strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictly anonymous podcast.com and click on be on the show. If you have a short confession that you want to get off your back, call my confessions hotline 347 420 3579. That's 347 420 3579. You could call that number 24 7. I change all the voices on the confessions too. So you remain anonymous. The number, the website, and the email address will all be in the description. Um, she knows because now it's coming to a point where it's kind of hurting her, like affecting her health. So, like, her doctor's telling her to stop. So What's she wrong knows- with her? Like she's having Uh, liver issues? Yeah, like her stomach is just like killing her and stuff. And like um, her doctor would tell her like you need to stop drinking (laughs) because you're drinking straight up like vodka. She drinks vodka like straight up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like just out of like shots like that. So um, yeah, like she knows she has a problem. I know because she's not stopping even though after the doctor says like she'll tell me she'll be like, I'm drinking a lot less like you'd be proud of me. And I'm like, that's good. But you need to stop completely like yeah but think about it like I mean you know unfortunately the one thing that I always like explain to people at least for me when I quit drinking I think it's probably true for everybody that quits drinking especially when you've been drinking for a very long time is like you a lot of times you don't really know why you drink until you stop drinking like there was no way for me to know the only reason why I quit honestly was because I was blacking out so quickly like I couldn't even enjoy myself like it was like you know I used to black out only at the end of the night over the years of so many years of drinking like by the time I was 34 and I had been drinking since I was 15 by the time I was 34 if I was I would have like one drink and just black out like and I was doing things like you know how when you drink and you get drunk like you do shit but you never like cross a line and even though you're so wasted like you don't do things that would really embarrass yourself somehow like your subconscious keeps you from doing things like that yeah. like I was I didn't even have that anymore like I was doing shit that I was like horrified about the next day like worse <laughs> that like you know we all do stuff that we're embarrassed about you're like oh my god I can't believe it. and I fucked a lot of people that I didn't want to sleep with like I did a lot of that kind of stuff but I'm talking about the stuff where I was like, like oh my god like I wanted to take I couldn't take enough showers like I was ashamed of stuff I did you know and that's where so I kind of had to just because physically it wasn't working and then it wasn't until I completely stopped drinking that I was like and started living my life without alcohol completely that I was like oh my god now I realize I really have a problem because now I realize I was drinking because I couldn't handle like a feeling anything but good you know what I mean like anytime I had a feeling especially a lot of insecurity and any kind of stuff like that that came up for me I realized like I couldn't deal with that kind of stuff and then when I thought back to my drinking life I realized like oh I would take a shot when I was like if I was on a date with a guy and I was feeling a little insecure because I didn't think he liked me or you know what I mean like and I started to really understand and when things would come up in my life and I couldn't drink to tolerate that you know to sort of get through them I really realized how much I couldn't deal 
without alcohol. So your mother has been literally medicating herself to, to make it through the day with alcohol. For her to put the alcohol down, it's not, that's the first step and that's the easiest thing to do. The hardest thing to do is actually live without it because it's a crutch. It's something that you're helping yourself to deal with something that you can't deal with. The alcohol is not the problem. The problem is whatever she's trying to not face. You know what I mean? Whatever happened to her when she was younger, all of her insecurities, all of her stuff that she can't deal with, you know, so that's why it's so difficult. And, you know, that could be what's starting to happen with you. Like, and also like you saw your mother doing it. Like when you say, oh, you know, there's little things that you say, like, oh, my mother hid it from me when I was younger and now you're hiding it from your boyfriend. You know, it seems like these very innocent things that you say, but it's starting to be like this, a little bit of a pattern, you know? Yeah. You, kind of the same. But like I said in the beginning, like the fact that you are like on it already to the point where you're like, hmm, like maybe this is something that I should talk about or find someone to talk about. Like it's really great. I didn't have that in me when I was 22. Are you crazy? Like no way. I didn't even, (laughs) even when I quit, I still didn't think I had a problem. I just thought I had to like quit drinking because I physically couldn't handle it. You know, I didn't really realize all the ramifications till after, like I said. I mean, you know, you could sit here and say you're drinking because you're bored or whatever. It would it would be like you'd have to like really completely cut it out totally to see like the real reason maybe why you're drinking. And maybe it is because you're bored and you are a moderate person and you could, and you're not a total alcoholic and you're just, you know, maybe because of what you saw with your family, like you have to cut back a little bit. I don't know, you know. Um, I have to get more information from you on that. But like, I just wonder if you didn't have that boyfriend who's like the best thing that ever happened to you right now at this point. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah, how far you would take it. And like, you know, what could eventually happen down the line is you could, you know, the more that you like there's it's like we're all two people. okay? like we always have a side of us that's like smart and together. And then we have a side of us that could do the bad shit, you know, and sometimes it's like you against you. You know, you have this part that really loves your boyfriend and you're really happy and, you know, he's good for you. But you also have this other part of you that like kind of feels like you want to have a good time and do be a blackout drunk and live like your young life. You know what I mean? And sort of take it to the edge and have a lot of fun. And he stops you from that. Right. So there's those two sides. And now like, because and that, that's a side of you that wants to drink at work and all this stuff because you can't do it when you're home. Now that's a side of you, you have to watch out for because that side of you could really sabotage your relationship with this guy. Do you know what I mean? Cause the more you feed that side of yourself, the more power it has. And then it just could get worse and worse and you could lose that boyfriend. And then what happens after that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. And I, you know, I don't know, like I think sometimes in, in order to keep like, I mean, would you ever feel like maybe you could tell him about the drinking behind his back? Because in a way that would hold you accountable and to have him sort of like knowing about it could maybe help you not do it. Would that make sense? Does that make sense to you or would that make it worse? Yeah, that makes sense. The only issue is like, so obviously, like, like you said, you sabotage things when you're like an alcoholic. You mm-hmm. like, you, know, you just don't really think about you kind of rather protect your own ass before even like being truthful. You just mm-hmm. don't think you're truthful right away. Mm-hmm. So obviously I've been with 
this guy for a while and he can tell when I'm drunk or when I'm when I'm buzzed or he can smell alcohol. So he's noticed a few times mm-hmm. of me coming home and smelling like alcohol and he asks and of course you lie like mm-hmm. you say like, oh I didn't drink of course not like I'm at work what are you talking about so mm-hmm. um obviously now coming out clean I would feel like he would be more of like well what what else have you lied to me about you know kind of in a sense like that's why I kind of feel like I want to deal with it on my own to just so I can just fix it but yeah I feel like I should be in a, in a place to where I can be I should be honest with him well Especially yeah I also think only because not so much that because it's the right thing and because, you know, whatever, because you're in a relationship and you should be completely honest, but also because he really is someone. Listen, you've been with him for six years in a very like pivotal time of your life, like, you know, six years and at your age, you're changing and, uh, you know, constantly and growing so much. And this is somebody that's been there with you for through a lot of that, you know, so this is someone that really knows you really well, knows your family, knows your history and really cares about you. So I think that he could really help you, you know, yeah, be and and help you with it. If you could be completely honest and come home from work one day and be like, oh, my God, I fucked up again. Like I went and drank or like, you know, and he knew about it, then he could maybe help you and talk you through it. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's more for that reason, because he seems to be the one thing that holds you back a little bit. And that's that's something that you have right now. You also have the part of you, like I say, that's like looking for help, you know. But I think he's the first person that could really be helpful to you. And I think that you should be honest with him for that reason. You know, A, because it will, you don't want to stop. If you really love him and you guys have a good relationship and you want to stay with him, you don't want to sabotage it. But I think that he could help you. I don't know, listen... Yeah, he'll be like, what are you lying? He probably knows, okay, because he's he's said stuff. So if you if you come clean and you really come clean, you know, you could be like, it's like, I'm not lying about anything else. This is what it is. And he'll, you know, if he doesn't believe you and he goes through trust issues with you, that's something you guys are going to have to go through. But it's just, that's the truth. The truth is you have lied to him about drinking. It's probably obvious why you would lie to him, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But if you break down and really tell him the truth and be honest with him sitting across from him, I'm sure it will come out very heartfelt and he'll believe you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Rather than him just catching me up smelling like alcohol. <laughs> yeah, because what happens with stuff like that is you start to go crazy. Like, you know, like on his angle, right? It's just like a man who's cheating on a woman and she doesn't really know for sure, but she knows something. You know what I mean? And she just keeps like saying shit and he keeps denying it. And that causes all kinds of problems, you know? And it's just like, it, so he smells it and you say no, but he knows. And that could be making him mental. You know, if you... It's, you know, if you just come clean, yeah, for one second, I'll think what else have you lied about? But it's kind of obvious why you would lie about that, you know, and doesn't mean that you would lie about everything else. You have, have you, have you cheated on him or anything like that? Um, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> so that's like another issue that the alcohol obviously brought up. Like, yeah, once recently and I'll never do it again. And I feel like shit for it, obviously. So mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. that's what happens. We're a lot more promiscuous when we drink and we do shit for sure. Like, I'm not a cheater, but I cheated when I was drinking. Like, just right. Like, I would not say as a person now, I've been sober 14 years, you know, and I'm not. But I did. And I would do it 
when I was drinking. And for me, I would cheat on boyfriends that I was like insecure about and it would just make me feel better about myself or like whatever, you know. Um, I think that you have a good relationship with this guy probably. So maybe you just cheated out of being horny and there was somebody there like, what? what's the situation? Like, how did it come up that you cheated on him? Um, yeah, like, I don't, yeah, I guess I was just like, because I've just been with him for so long. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't really like, it didn't seem like he was really trying to please me sexually. So I was like, fuck it at one point. Like I got kind of really upset, you know? Yeah, so. that's what happened. Yeah, that fuck it. You're upset about one person. So you go and you fuck somebody else. That's kind of like yeah. a not like, you know, that that's the kind of like cheating that could you say you felt like shit and you'll never do it again. But you probably will if you keep drinking because it's <laughs> yeah. when you feel weak or insecure or upset, like you go and do that. And it gives you like this false sense of something, you know, and that's I, I totally understand that I did that kind of shit too and I that will not be a one-off I will guarantee you who did you screw like I mean I just want the actual story like what happened in that situation I mean not for the the details of like a scandalous but just because just to give you an idea like you should you know you have to know how you work to know how to mind fuck yourself do you know what I mean like uh no I was like so that's like how I started even on Craigslist like I looked I just put like I was looking at those posts on like craigslist and then i came across one and i was just like hmm and then i emailed someone for like months okay okay so wait so you're having like so this is obviously your boyfriend is a guy that you lost your virginity to right uh no Oh, okay. (laughs) but like yeah i mean kind of like what do you mean yeah kind of been with yeah like no i didn't lose my virginity to him but he's like the only one i really constantly had sex with okay so you lost lost your virginity virginity how old and then got in a relationship with him right after how old were you when you lost your virginity um 17 okay and then you were with him right after yeah and so you've been with him and he wasn't like sexually pleasing you or whatever like you guys were having issues in that part of your relationship uh yeah i mean like not right away like everything was fine mm-hmm. but then like obviously after when you're you're together for a while gets I guess, boring like, or whatever right? yeah mm-hmm. or whatever so you and then like i wasn't really being vocal about what i wanted and you, what did so. you want that he wasn't giving you um i mean just like the way that i like it you know i like it like rougher usually or like you know oh right because you put in there something you said something i had a ds d- relationship I'm like what is a ds I'm like, <laughs> after all of the podcasts i've taped i still don't i don't know the lingo but it's <laughs> dominant submissive okay so you and you want to be this a little bit submissive right yeah okay and so you were maybe maybe you were a little shy to sort of admit that to him right yeah, I guess like which is stupid too because if you've been together for so long, you should be able to be comfortable enough. To yeah, but them. give yourself a break. You're really young. It's just sometimes you know we have people listen. I have people that are 50 years old calling my podcast talking about the shit that they do, and it's like totally a secret because a lot of people are like really embarrassed about what they're into sexually. That's why I like doing my show because I don't think I think people take sex way too seriously and it's no big deal. And people are so judgmental. It's like weird to me because like who cares if you're into that? You know, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but people really do think it's a big deal. And I think that's why people have to feel bad about themselves or weird and then they're not honest. So, you know, everybody's like that. So it's not uh, uncommon for people, no matter how long they're with somebody, to sometimes keep their sexual fantasies to themselves because they're afraid of being judged, you know, and because some people would judge them, you know. And so you have this thing where you're into being like submissive and you never told your boyfriend. So you started to secretly go online and look for someone to like fulfill that fantasy for you. 
Oh, I would, like, go and just kind of, like, read and see, like, you know, like, it's kind of funny to just go on there and kind of read and see what's out there or whatever. So, yeah, like, I just kind of would go and I would read them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I guess sometimes I'd, like, write people and then they'd write me back, but I would never, like, really write them back after, you know, kind of. But like, was it something that you were doing, like, when you were, like, horny and, like, it was, like, a situation like that and you would just, like, get your rocks off, like, sort of, like, doing like you know uh, instead of yeah, cheating or like bored mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. like at work and just looking so like i would just when i was bored or something i would just look on and like just see what was out there and stuff so um and then i came across like i didn't know what that was obviously before i even went on craigslist like the whole dominant submissive thing until like i was reading some of the posts so then i started like asking people and then like um i came across one person um who like posted just a an ad that was like really interesting you know and like um just caught my attention so I wrote him and like was talking to him just for a little while before I even like even like I didn't even think I was gonna send him my picture or meet him like I always I honestly thought like I was just gonna like just talk and like learn about it and then leave you know or just like fall off the face of the earth like Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like I don't know the person ended up just being like really I don't know why I ended up trusting them and stuff but um what did his ad say though by the way like what was it about his ad that you were like oh this is someone I want to talk to um it was just like are you um interested or do you feel like you're missing something in your sex life or whatever like are you interested in being kind of like um you know like handled or whatever like I don't know it just seemed right. like interesting. how old was he at the time do you know like how old was he so, an older guy he's older like significantly older than me not too much but like yeah he's older than me so how old was he he's like 40 okay and so how did it come to so you start chatting with him and stuff right and how does it happen that you guys wind up meeting up like what what do you cross that line uh like he just like asked if i could send like a picture so like after that obviously like i felt comfortable enough to send him a picture mm-hmm. and then he one and then he just wanted to see if i wanted to meet him to talk like more about it like mm-hmm. it wasn't even like you want to meet like to fuck it was just like do you want to meet to talk like about you know like whatever you feel like you're interested in like he's like I feel like you do like this but you just don't really know you Mm -hmm. know about it so I can kind of talk to you about it more in my experiences so we met like at a park and then he was like really not creepy Mm -hmm. (laughs) like not someone you would expect on Craigslist so it just ended up becoming something like I don't know I was just comfortable with him and just developed into something I guess more so yeah, but how much more? Did you screw him once or ten times? Did you start seeing him all the time? Like, what did it turn into? Um, like from like, the park, did you guys go to a hotel? His car? Like, how did it turn? When? <laughs> how did it? You know, like, cross over? Um, yeah, like it would be the car first and stuff. I'm sorry. The- there's something about car sex. I mean, when you're younger and you can't go anywhere, but like cheating car sex is so hilarious to me. I think that there's so many people in parking lots cheating yeah. in the backseat of minivans. And I don't know. I just there's something about it that's always so hilarious to me. All right. So yeah. you go from the park. Do you go that first day in the park like to his car? No. Okay. No. It's like I waited like a week and then we were emailing again. And then... um like, we met up a week after at the same park, and then, like, he kissed me, and then we ended up, like, fucking, and then, I don't know, obviously I liked it, so then I wrote him back, and, like, we were just, like, had, like, a little kind of, like, thing for, like, 
uh like a month or or two i really don't even know how long it was because i was like drunk the whole time right i was gonna ask you if you needed alcohol to like sort of get it on with him pretty much drinking like before i'd go and meet with him Mm -hmm. like i would stop and drink and then go meet him Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't know and then obviously like i don't know i just felt like shit after a while like i'm just like I, why am i doing this like it's like how many times did you see i see you know the way you tell the story in the beginning this is why you have to ask a million questions it sounded like i screwed someone once and i felt so bad and i'll never do it again but you obviously sort of saw him for a while right yeah yeah so, so that's why I, when i remember i was like you're gonna do it more than <laughs> once <laughs> you've already done it more than once <laughs> Yeah, it was just one person at this point. But I mean, when did you put a stop to it? Like after how many times? Um, like I don't know, probably like a handful or like seven, like mm-hmm. seven times. Mm-hmm. You know, like around there. But and you did you just like did it get to a point where you just felt so guilty and so bad for doing it that you're like I gotta stop? Is that what happened? Yeah, yeah, and like I just kind of knew, like I just. I don't know. And then obviously, like, I'd come home sometimes smelling like alcohol or something. And like, I don't know. It's just like all the lies. Like, you get tired of lying. Yeah. I mean, did you have to come home and start taking a shower? I mean, that's always so obvious to somebody. (laughs) And I never thought I would cheat. I just never thought, like, I would do that. And still now thinking it, like, I still can't believe I let myself do that, especially since I love this person. Like, it's hard to say that after you fucked them over like I fucked him over obviously so it's hard to even like right but like you see your pattern is like you're drinking like if you weren't drinking you would have never been able to do that right yeah and you probably like you said did it a little bit because of the pro I mean like do you think it was mostly like if you had to be really super honest with yourself did you think it was because you just sexually wanted to experience something else or was it because you were like something was going on in your relationship that was hard to handle and instead of sort of facing it with your guy and being direct with him you went and did this to sort of deal with it uh yeah I think it's like a mix of both like Mm -hmm. I think it was you know, me wanting to experience other things and then me just being frustrated with asking him so many times to do something and not doing it. Like, so like what would you, you ask him to do that he wouldn't do? Like, like it, just the way I wanted to get fucked sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. or like ask him to do it. Like, I would be like, you know, like, can you do this for me? And then like, or ask him like nicely and then he just never would do it. Or like, right slow down on me more like if I, like do something like or kiss me more hug me more like he yeah just, this is like, what w- guys need to hear like this is what happens when a woman will say something over and over and over and over and over and over and over again before she goes out and cheats right and then she cheats <laughs> you know it's like a, you gotta listen nag- to women what they yeah, say I don't they let you know you. yeah like i don't want to nag you to love me like you should just like, I don't know. Like, if you you're let gonna, him know what you you let him know what your needs were and he wasn't sort of satisfying. And we're not saying, listen, that that's the reason why anyone should go and cheat. You tried to be honest with him. You weren't completely honest because you did want stuff sort of a little bit more hardcore than you were able to cop to him about. And then you found somebody else. Listen, if you're going to come clean about the alcohol, don't ever come clean about the cheating. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> that you don't have to tell him that. OK, that's not something that's like like to me when people say, oh, you should tell someone. It's like selfish. Like, there's no reason for him to know 
that kind of a thing, you know, that's your thing. You felt you, I'm assuming you, it came to like, I've had those moments in my life where I've done something really terrible and then it just like hit me out of the blue at some point, like, oh my God. And then you feel really bad and then you have to forgive yourself and you have to go on, you know? So I'm assuming that you felt horrible. You got to a point where you really realized what you were doing, felt terrible and then we're able to like sort of deal with that on your own and move on, right? And never do it again. Or at yeah. least for now, right? How long ago did that happen? Uh, it's been like a few months now. So oh, it just I mean, ended a few kind months. Of recent. Yeah, that's why. And has like, that, I, I mean, was that guy okay with you just dumping him? I mean, he was probably like, you know, pretty happy to have found somebody. <laughs> yeah, like he he's like really understand, like understanding like he was married and stuff so mm-hmm. obviously I felt bad about that too um that was like another factor of guilt but um like he was just like super understanding at, at the fact that he knew like you feel guilty and there's like he he's just weird at the fact that he's okay I just like I don't I was just like I don't understand how you're just so okay with this like it's just it's a part of you like you're okay with cheating on your wife which is fine he was just like as long as she just doesn't know like she just can't do this for me so I just want to make sure like I satisfy myself and don't take it out on her in a sense that that was kind of like his mentality Mm -hmm. that's how he yeah every listen everyone we all sort of have our own way of looking at things listen I have it on my show I have guys on my show that call in they get fucked in the ass by a guy wearing a dildo and they don't think they're cheating on their wives because they're not fucking a woman like you know there's all different kinds of things that people put in their head to make themselves feel okay about things do you know what I mean your alcohol thing you know you start off sort of saying like oh you know when I'm at work I get a little bored and maybe I shouldn't really drink and then like you know this whole other thing comes out right that like you're on Craigslist having you know doing things that you don't feel right about right like you're with a married man some people wouldn't care about that but you did feel bad about that right yeah you were cheating on a guy that you've been with for a very long time that you really love and you felt really bad about that like you know and alcohol helped you do that right so there's a lot more going on than just like drinking for boredom you know you might have that thing are you still on yeah okay can you hear me you might ha- yeah I can I just didn't know you might have that thing you know where most people that have issues with alcohol is like when you sort of feel things that are too intense or feel stuff you know and you can't really you don't know how to deal with them right you go out and sort of act out and you drink and and that's what happens you know I would assume I mean I don't know how long your dad was in the house but if you're being raised by a mom who's like kind of drunk all the time like I don't know how much you were taught you know, as a younger person to deal with all of your feelings. Like I always felt like when I quit drinking, I went back to like being like a teenager, like, and I just never had those skills. I was never sort of taught how to deal with my emotions. Right. So anytime I felt anything other than being really happy, right. I couldn't deal. And I acted out, you know, when I was younger, I was super rebellious, got thrown out of tons of schools. I was always, I was either smoking pot all the time. And then when I quit smoking pot, I was drinking and I was very promiscuous. And I went through all of that. And all of that was acting out because I just didn't know how to sort of deal with my shit. And I just wasn't taught that stuff because I was brought up in like an unstable, you know, household. Right. So I'm thinking that, you know, you might have the same thing going on because, you know, how much could your mother have taught you to deal with stuff if she wasn't dealing with it herself? Yeah, that's true. And yeah, like, so 
My parents divorced when I was younger. I lived with my dad and my mom, like, on and off. So my mom remarried, and I had a stepdad as well. And then I would just, um, there's a point to where my mom just kind of couldn't take care of us financially. So when I got older, like, around 10 or so, that's when I lived with my dad, who's actually, he never drinks. Um, He's, like, a really good, uh, just, like, example. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of what. I look to when I try and like realize like look I don't need to be drinking mm-hmm. you know and stuff like that so right that part of you it comes from your dad thank god for him yeah mm-hmm. so, and that's like, why yeah. you have a good boyfriend by the way I didn't have a good yeah. dad so I never had good boyfriends that's why you know that guy and that you're dating six years is because you had that role model you know of a good guy you know a good guy when you see one because you had a good dad yeah and it's funny because when he used to tell me when my boyfriend actually like tells me or would tell me stuff, I would kind of take it like, like, don't tell me what to do, you mm-hmm. know, kind of get annoyed with him, like being like, not t- telling me not to drink so much and stuff, or I would take it kind of like he's nagging me. Mm-hmm. And then I, instead of being like, oh, he just loves me, like he's just cares about me, you know, I would kind of yeah. take it as like, like, don't tell me not to drink but- and then go and Yeah, but anyone's going to listen, you know, we're all our own people first and foremost, especially when you're younger and you're growing up like you're just like sort of you want to be in charge of you, you know, especially you're 22. You just became like an adult, you know, you're just starting to sort of deal with your whole life on your own without parents. And, you know, and so nobody wants to then get somebody else telling them what to do. You were told what to do your whole life. I don't know. I was always someone that didn't want anyone to tell me what to do, even when I was like two. So I totally get that, you know. You're your own person, you know, and you don't want to be told, even if it's, you know, it's not the right thing. Because listen, at the end of the day, the only person that's going to get you to quit drinking and really take care of yourself is yourself, right? It's got to be your choice. I think your boyfriend's good for you because he could help you, right? But it doesn't matter what he says to you because look, you're still going to do what you're going to do, right? Yeah. You still go on Craigslist and, you know, do your thing. You still drink at work and you just don't tell him. You're still going to figure out ways to do it. doesn't matter. And listen, if he nags you more, it may make it worse, right? That's why I think just being completely, getting to a place, if you could really just break down and be completely honest with him, but don't you dare be honest about the affair that you, the relate, you know, that thing that you did, but be completely honest about the drinking. He can be your, you know, somebody that could hold you accountable and could help you. I know that you said that you just couldn't sort of like you were looking for a program, but you didn't really want to do AA, right? Because you can't find something to fit into your schedule, but you were looking for like a sponsor. I mean, like I did AA for a couple of months and it was like not my scene. I was the type of person, like, if you tell me not to do something, I want to do it. So if you tell me I have to go someplace every single day for the rest of my life and they're going to tell me, don't drink, don't drink, don't drink, I'm going to want to drink more. Do you know what I mean? Like, if I just sit in the middle of that constantly, it's just going to be always sort of there, right? So I just, I, I, it didn't work for me, though it does work for tons and tons of people. I think it's different personality types, you know? I was more of a leader than a follower. And I think it's terrible to say like, oh, followers like AA. But like some people just need to be told what to do and they need structure and they need discipline and they need it to be given to them. And that's what AA does. A lot of the stuff and people I knew that were very successful in quitting that went to AA would always say, oh my God, Kathy, the reason why you're successful and not in AA is because you do all the AA stuff naturally. Like I was doing all the stuff that they say. So it is a great program and it does really help people if they don't 
have those tools or they can't sort of have they don't have the discipline themselves i'm very disciplined like like really hardcore like i was able to quit smoking i could quit drinking like it's the other stuff that comes up that's really hard and i was also very self-aware that's another thing you have to be i think you have that i think you have the self-awareness which is something that you really need that you know sort of AA puts you know, that's why they give you sponsors and they make you go because you got to face your shit, you know, and you have to be honest with yourself, you know. And so you want to be able to do if you don't have a program like that and you're doing it on your own and you want to be successful, you can because I have been. Listen, I'm somebody that's successful at quitting drinking 14 years later. I've never drank since I quit that time. And I only did AA for a couple of months, you know, so I'm here to say that you can do it, though. I do think it's a good program if you have to I just don't believe like for me it wasn't realistic to be like I got a sponsor in the beginning and first of all she was like 18 years old I was like 34 <laughs> but drinking since I'm 15 and she's like drank for a year and then quit it's just like yeah you know it was very hard for me to sort of listen to and like I said I was like you I don't have every single day time to go to a meeting and you know I want to have a life but I want to quit drinking and I was able to do that. And it's not like I did everything wrong in the beginning and things got really a lot worse before they got better. And it is a whole process, but I will tell you 100%, it was like the greatest thing I ever did. Just like people will tell you in AA, like it is magical quitting drinking for people that have a problem with drinking. It's like going from living in a dark room to going and living in a room that's totally like the lights were turned on. It's like 100% difference of my life, but it doesn't happen. Like the light switch doesn't go on automatically. It takes a long time because most of the time people that drink, like I said before, are drinking for a reason. So when you put down that alcohol, you have to face a lot of shit and that's really hard, right? And when things get hard, people that have a problem with drinking, they want to go drink because that's like, it's like liquid courage, you know, that's what they call it, you know, so it makes you feel better because you can't really fucking deal, you know, and you have to learn how to deal with all the stuff, you know, and I would say 14 years later, I'm like very at peace with myself. I've dealt with every single thing in my life for 14 years without anything, you know, and that's real strength, you know, and a lot of people I think that drink don't have that strength they don't have their feet on the ground they were never given those tools when they were younger I think your dad probably gave you a lot of stuff and that's why you're you know you might not be as bad as me you had that good role model I didn't have one good role model (laughs) not that my parents were alcoholics but I just had a bad a difficult childhood you know but with your mom like you have that other part of you that's probably a little messed up that you need to face that shit even if like I, I mean I don't know how to be moderate like I said for myself do you think that you could be moderate that's like a question yeah I have like I mean when I talk to people they're like you can't just um you can't just slow down drinking they're all you have to quit completely and I'm like do you really have to like well this is what I would say okay because sometimes when you look at something forever like quit drinking forever it's so like it's too much right to deal with but like what you should do to see whether you could be moderate or not, it's just tell yourself you're going to quit drinking for a certain amount of time. Say three months, right? Just say, I'm just not going to drink for three months. That's it. Okay. And after that, you could do whatever the fuck you want. And then see what comes up in that time. See how when you're at work and you're bored and you can't drink and you don't drink, 
what comes up for you and what do you feel and what can you not handle and are you just okay and that's fine or is do you start to feel like freaked out and you can't deal with it you know what I mean and because you have to see why you're drinking and I really believe that the only way to know why you're drinking to begin with is to completely stop a hundred percent and sort of figure it out for me like I said I remember specifically when I quit drinking I thought it was a physical thing I had liked some guy that didn't like me and he was like my friend and I remember exactly where I was when I got this call someone called me up and said oh that guy you like you know he met this girl and she's like hot and blah and I felt super insecure and upset and the first thing I did without even thinking I started looking in my phone and I was looking for someone to go and sleep with and I realized that every single person in my phone that I used to sleep with I could never fuck them without alcohol do you understand like there was no way I could do it and then when I realized I couldn't go screw somebody else I realized I just had to be upset about this guy and I couldn't deal. It was like claustrophobic to me. Do you understand? And that's yeah. when I realized, oh my God, I'm like a weak mess. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like I have like, I am just like the biggest weak, like, you know, I can't deal with anything. And that's when it started. Yeah. And then that feeling I'm telling you is like the most horrible feeling to feel so vulnerable and to feel that part of you that's really there and underneath all your stuff and to come face to face with that quote unquote weakness or whatever it is and see that is very scary really horrifying and you're and you feel very helpless and that's why at the beginning AA did help me because I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do but from there I started to see a therapist and I saw a therapist for a couple times a week for a, a while and then you know I started living my life and fucking up I did everything that I wasn't supposed to do I started illicit relationships I did all kinds of crazy things but I stayed sober <laughs> and I have to <laughs> say for the first year I did never went in a bar and to this day I don't go in bars because they're so fucking boring okay so I don't even do it anyway but I mean I could (laughs) if I want to I can make people drinks I could sit around people drinking and I have absolutely no desire you know but for a while in the beginning I really made sure I didn't even bother but I was at the point and this is where we're very different where I used to be like even when I was drinking I was so bored and I would drink so much because bars were so boring for me I'd always be like I'd rather be changing diapers like I I could care less about been there done that there's something very exhausting after a while about the whole bar scene you know but when I was 22 it sure wasn't exhausting it was like the greatest thing of my life like it was like the best times of my life a lot of my times going out and drinking you know so it's like I was all also bored been there done that do you understand so you're not at that point yet you have like all this stuff inside of your 22 year old brain that you want to do which I totally get so I think if you just take a little time now off from it and sort of see where you're at and see what your issues are and maybe get a therapist and be more honest with your boyfriend and be more accountable to the shit that you're doing and just be really like you know put it out there so that you keep yourself in check you know that's the best way to sort of do damage control because maybe you'll go back to drinking maybe you'll cheat again like these things are going to happen that's what life's about life is not supposed about being perfect right like you you know I tried to quit a couple times before I quit for good and I remember feeling really terrible about myself but like 
you know, shit happens. That's the way. It's not the movies. Like things don't just change yeah. and everything's That's happy. That's what I was gonna ask too. Yeah. Like, did you did you just quit like once and then stop, or did it take you like a few times? To well, quit? it's funny because you know I would tell the story. I was always a journal person. You know, I grew up in a different time than you. We didn't have internet, so I would like write in journals. And I and I when I quit after I quit drinking, I would have thought that, that was the first time I quit. But when I went back for that first year when I did nothing, I basically stayed home. I read all my journals from like the time I was 26. I think I was writing to 34 and I started to read and I couldn't believe. And this is why journaling is so good. You don't really remember things the way they really go down. I couldn't believe how many times in my journal I wrote about how I need to quit and how I tried to quit and I would quit for a month or a week and I w- it would never stick, you know. I would have, like I said, thought that that was the first time I th- really thought I had a problem and quit, but it, it that wasn't the case. I had tried many times. And right before the last time I really quit, there was like one month where I kept saying I would, I, what I did was this, and this is, you've probably played these games before and everybody does before they quit for sure. I was like, I won't, because I was a, um, I was a hard alcohol person. I liked vodka or tequila. Like I want to get drunk fucking fast. Okay. Like don't give me 10 beers. Like what a waste of my time. Yeah. I You know what I mean? I would drink six vodkas. Okay. That was my thing. So I would, I started to say, okay, since I'm blacking out from vodka and tequila, I'll only drink wine or I'll only drink beer. Do you understand? And I kept cutting things out and I won't sleep with anyone, but then I would always fuck up, you know, and I would feel terrible. And there was one friend who was a sober person that I would call up and I would say, oh my God, I said I wasn't going to, I quit sex. The last year I quit sex because it, I, I was screwed. Like sex became the most meaningless thing for me. And I think sex is like really great. And I always besides being sort of promiscuous and acting out, I also had a part of myself to think it's a very good, healthy thing, you know, and I didn't want to ruin something so good because it got to the point where I would just like sleep with people and just like lay there. Like it was like, it didn't even matter who was doing it. You know, it was like (laughs) that. It was that bad that I actually quit that last year because I just kept fucking up and I would feel so terrible about myself. And I would call up this one person that was like my sounding board and say like, oh my God, I drank again. I said I wasn't gonna, or I fucked this person. I said I wasn't gonna. And he and he was an AA person and he would be like, that's okay. Like at least you feel bad about it. Like, and you just try again, you know? And then I have to say I had my bottom and it was when I just felt so I was thrown out of the bar, like literally physically thrown out, like pick her up and get her the fuck out of here. And all of my friends, like, and that was a bar where like all my friends hung out where I work, where the owner and me used to date. I made out with one of his friends right in front of him. Like that's the kind of shit I was Everyone doing right knew before. You. Yeah. Do you understand? Remember when I said yeah. like I started to do things that I would never ever do and I would have no memory about it you understand and it was like and nobody wanted to talk to me nobody liked me anymore I mean it was really bad and I hit my lowest bottom and that's when I knew I had to quit and it was a terrible feeling that's how I knew I was really there and then it was the best thing that ever happened to me um you know so for you you know if you do have a real problem it will eventually come to be a bottom quote unquote but like look at someone like your mother she doesn't have one you know she's like fucking hardcore and that's a scary thing because she's like physically now sick from it and she isn't doing anything about it you have you're you have a much better chance than your mother I really highly doubt that at her age you're gonna still be drinking I think it's so great that you're on it at 22 and you're thinking about it and you're looking for people to talk to and I just think you have to know how to 
mind fuck yourself. That's why I, like I say like, you know, you maybe should tell your boyfriend because that'll be a way to keep yourself accountable to him. And that's like it helps you a little bit. But there's other things that you have to do to keep yourself from drinking. And I think personally you should completely stop for a certain, even if it's one, you start with two weeks or start with a month. Like do you, you drink every day, right? Yeah, pretty much. Like that's what I've been getting into is just drinking every day. So like, except for the weekends, but then when we go out with weekends on like, out with, I'll have a drink with them too. So pretty much every day. And I'm starting to like feeling like shit. Because you're drinking or yeah, like, you know, you just, you know, you have hangovers and stuff, but if you're drinking constantly, then it's kind of like you're always drunk or you're always hungover in a sense. So, yeah. And you know what the weird thing, the really bad thing that starts to happen eventually. And this happened to me is that um, you only feel good when you're drinking. Like you actually feel really good when you drink and then you feel like really shit when you don't drink. Yeah. Like that's how I started. To feel. So I, I mean, like I can stop like today. I, I didn't drink and I didn't drink like Tuesday. So like I can do it on certain days, but uh-uh. I hate when I do it like one day and then the next day I want to drink. Like, I don't want to do that. You know, I want to do it for like a week straight or. Yeah. You have, you can't do it like, Oh, I'm only not going to drink on Tuesdays. That's like ridiculous. I mean, that's like, then just drink every day. I don't know. You know, come on. You have to like get to a point where you say, okay, maybe even, you know, uh, for this month, like I'm just going to take a week off. It's very hard like so hard, okay, because it's like become like this pattern and you've given into it, you know, and it's like the train has left the station <laughs> and like how do you stop that? Like you just have to summon up every part of you to be con- – and that's why I think maybe the boyfriend could help. I don't know. Yeah, so, like, for me, I think it's kind of embarrassing that I need help. I think that's – I'm kind of a person that's like I don't really ask for help. Yeah, me neither. That's why I said like it's the most (laughs) horrifying lowest point to really sort of come to a place where you own and actually really see that part of yourself and then go out and help people. I never felt more helpless in my life that day that I had to like sort of reach out to people and say, I do quit. What am I supposed to do? Like, oh my God, I never felt that way ever in my life and I never want to feel that way Again, you know, and that was what, like I said, was my bottom. Like, since you're not there yet, you know, sometimes most people have to sort of have something happen to them to get them to that place. So for like right now, it's like you have to sort of try to do it without reaching a bottom, which would be the greatest thing. Right. Um, And maybe just try for a week not drinking. Okay, and then after that, try for like a month. Maybe just force yourself. Listen, you could just go to one AA meeting. This is how I felt like I was like, and you know, I thought you were a guy for some reason in your ad. And then when you were a woman that called, I was like, oh, that's like really great. Because I know for me, when I was quitting drinking and going to my first AA meeting, I was like, I thought like all the people there would be like gas station attendants. I don't know, like men, like just greasy <laughs> men. I don't know why. I just thought there would be like all these, and that's so rude to say for gas station attendants because I have nothing against them. I don't know, but I just didn't believe there would be any women there. Like I just had this weird picture 
of how the place would be and what alcoholics were and how I wasn't a part of that group, you know. And I walked in and it was like very bizarre because it, there was like 10 women in this meeting and they were all dressed super well and they were like all different kinds of women and they all got up and talked and they just like one girl talked about like getting raped when she was younger by all these guys she hung out with and I was like, oh my God, I used to constantly, I realized, oh my God, I was like being raped constantly by the guys I hung out with when I was younger, when I was drinking. Like all this shit came up for me and it was just like so great for me like going to my first meeting and seeing that and being able to realize okay like this is a this is I am like these people and this is a group and this is what they look like and this is who they are and let me tell you alcoholics are a very interesting amazing group of people they are badass okay they're not the boring like people think people that quit drinking are boring no they're the funnest fucking people at the party okay (laughs) they just had to stop because they're like too fun you know and it's just like they're all different kinds of people from all and it's just great to just know that you could relate and you might be able to meet somebody that maybe you could talk to out of the thing you don't have to find one that fits into every day of your schedule just get your ass to one I did it for a couple months and I went to them here and there and I did it my way and in the beginning it was helpful and then I figured out how to do it myself you know what I mean but it would be great for you to just go to one And just go because sometimes it's like you hear these people's stories and you could relate and it brings up stuff for you and it just really helps. You know, you have to like get to that place in you where you're really sort of realize you need help and then you have no choice but to ask for it. I am completely exactly the way you are. You don't want to ask for help. I think most alcoholics and addicts are that kind of personality type. Do you understand? I used to go to work drunk and puke in between clients. I never missed a day of work. I was like that person. Most alcoholics are. They're hardcore. They're not lazy people. Okay, so, you know, you should maybe just try to fit it into your schedule. Just go to one and hear some stories and then figure out how to work. You might not get a sponsor, but maybe you'll meet a friend like you don't know what will happen. But I always felt like the beginning when I went in the beginning, there was like magical shit that happened to me that was like exactly what I needed at the time. And even though I didn't stay in it forever, it was really good for me. You just hear one thing that is just like the light bulb goes off. Do you know what I mean? And you see if putting yourself in that position, even just putting the ad on Craigslist, you're talking to me, you're talking to other people, you go to AA, you know, this is what you need to keep doing because through those kind of avenues, you know, something may happen or you'll get little things of wisdom that will help you to the down the right path you know because you have two paths you could go on right now you have two sides of you do you know what I mean and you have to sort of uh force yourself to do keep doing the other side while you do the other shit while you're still drinking whatever even if you're drinking go just go to a meeting here or there or call into my show again I could talk about this topic for like 10 hours because (laughs) it's something that I personally went through and it's something that I really understand um, and it's nothing to be ashamed about. It's a very common thing, you know? Um, yeah. I know that when I watch intervention, I always feel like, oh, the people, when I see the people in the beginning and at their intervention, there's no family members there and they have no family at all. I always know that they're the people that are going to relapse. I think family is very important and having like, you know, good relationships in your life. Like that's like a foundation, even though my family was fucked up and they, I didn't have, they were still like in my life, you know? And that kind of stuff like really helps. You have that. You have a good dad. You have a close relationship with your mother, even though she drinks. You know, you have a sister. You you have that boyfriend. So you have like the support group around you. 
and you have an AA meeting if you want to go to it. You have other people you could talk to and just keep doing that kind of stuff. And then you just have to get to a point where you just decide to quit for even if you start like, uh, you know, for a short I do not believe you could be moderate yet. You could do that down the line. But I think first you have to figure out why you're drinking to begin with. Yeah. And the only way right. you'll it know if you like, quit. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It is like a pattern that you just need. So what? It is like a pattern that you need to break. And it's not just, yeah, and the way to break the pattern is to not feed it. I've quit drinking. I've quit smoking. I've quit a lot of things. I'm very good at quitting. And getting quitting shit is like you have to not feed the fire. The more you don't feed the fire, it eventually goes out. But the, it, the And it's always hardest in the beginning because whatever you created, you create that thing in your brain that wants alcohol. Every time you say okay when it wants it, you make that stronger. And that will just get stronger and stronger and worse and worse. And it will control you and you will lose your relationship. You will probably lose your job okay two years from now like if this just keeps going on it will get way worse okay that's just a fact so what happens is you have to sort of deny that the more you deny it the less powerful that becomes and the easier it becomes but in the beginning it's the hardest elizabeth vargas she's like some dateline person or 2020 person she was like on recently on a diane sawyer interview talking about it and i remember when i saw the commercial I was like yeah whatever she seems like such a prima donna that like I'm sure she wasn't no alcoholic, you know, and then I listened to her story. She was you should really try to find that on DVR. She was one of those sort of closet drinkers that was very moderate and just doing it kind of on the side. And it really spiraled out of control from her. And her interview is really fascinating. And you should really listen to it. Yeah, because it I'll would be really helpful. It's it's definitely on DVR, like Google. I don't know if it was 2020 or 48. I think it was a 2020 episode. Um, you'll feel, you, you'll probably relate to her and her kind of drinking and, and how it went down. And, and, you know, it'll be interesting to watch because she definitely hit a bottom after so many years of doing it. Drinking at work, hiding, keeping it a secret. She was living that kind of a life. So you should watch that. It'll help you. Yeah, good. I'll, I'll watch it. I'll definitely email you about that to see if I can find it. Yeah, do it. Go back to work. At least you didn't drink today, right? Because you called me on your lunch break. You're not <laughs> drinking while we're talking, right? <laughs> no, no. Uh, like I called you drunk. No, no, right? No more cheating. No, You're not on Craigslist looking for anybody right now. No, I'm trying to You're what? Try to keep it. I'm going to try to keep like today on out so it's a really really great talk it was good talk. okay I mean, good definitely, Keep... definitely opened my eyes to a few things so yeah re-listen it. to this episode because i'll be airing it probably maybe even this sunday re-listen to it because it'll help you go to an aa meeting if you can just one you may hear a great story even like nobody's listen you're not going to learn everything from me you know you might everyone could like you'll hear different things that you'll learn from all over the place you know that's how it works so the more people you talk to and the more you keep sort of looking in that direction the more you may find help you know and the more help you'll get and the more you might want to quit on your own you know and that'll be very helpful for you so keep going down that road while you drink do you understand yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So keep me posted. Go to a meeting and let me know how that goes. Just force yourself. Just go to one. Yeah. Just one. You don't have to just listen. Don't listen to those people that you have to get do everything every single day and all that shit. Don't worry about that. Just just go to one just to hear the stories. It'll be helpful. You'll like it. 
Yeah, I'll go to one and I'll let you know. I'll email you, let you know how it is. All right, Alicia, keep in touch and let's talk to you again, like just so that we can keep you on the straight and narrow. No more cheating. And and tell your boyfriend, but don't tell him about the cheating, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, thanks. All right, good luck with everything. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone, to anyone? Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name. And remember, everything is Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous. Strictly Anonymous.